Welcome to Talking Facts, what you need to know about family, food, finance, and fitness. Hosted by the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program, our educators share research knowledge with individuals, families, and communities to improve quality of life. Hello, and welcome to Talking Facts. This is your host, Dr. Jennifer Hunter, Assistant Director for Family Consumer Sciences Extension at the University of Kentucky. Today, I'm pleased to have joining me Dr. Heather Norman Burdoff, Extension Specialist and Extension Faculty in the Department of Dietetics and Human Nutrition. Thanks so much for joining us today, Heather. It's good to be back. So today's topic, I think, is is one that our listeners hear a lot about. I know that I see a tremendous amount of it on social media or in the news, but we're going to have a conversation about the keto diet and learn a little bit more about what it is, how it works, is is it actually safe? Because I do think that we do. We hear so much about it, and I can think of several friends right now that that have said, well, I'm doing keto, and just I personally do not have a tremendous amount of background. So let's start with just what is the keto diet? Yep, let's let's definitely start there. And I'm glad you mentioned so- social media because I actually looked up yesterday on Instagram the number of hashtags, hashtag keto, how many times it had been used, and it was like 11.1 million times. Seriously. So a wow. lot of people are are doing this, are interested in this, or are posting on social media about foods that they're choosing to be a part of this diet. And, you know, that sounds surprising to me, but in some ways, I think, especially when folks are are maybe working towards a diet or a weight loss plan, that they like to know that they're mm-hmm. in it with somebody else. So maybe Absolutely. hashtagging it kind of yeah. makes them feel part of, of a group. Yeah. So, so to get back to your question of, of what is it, um, it's really a diet that is really high in fat. So around 80% or more of the calories in the diet are going to be coming from a fat source. It's moderate in protein, and then it's low in carbs or carbohydrates. So only 5 to 10% of our calories each day on the keto diet are going to be coming from carbs. And essentially, carb-rich foods are banned or restricted. So when we think about carbs, it's going to be bread and pasta, rice, you know, your sweets, cookies, um, and then even starchy vegetables like potatoes and corn may be restricted or limited. And then actually a lot of fruit. It's going to cut out a lot of fruit out of the diet because of, um, yeah, they've got a lot of carbohydrates. So if we actually compare this to what the current recommendations are for what your daily caloric intake, what it should look like, we're actually recommended to consume about half of our calories from carbohydrates, so around 45 to 55%. And so you can see that we have a major switch here and where the calories are coming from in our diet if we're, right. if we're dropping down to 5 to 10%. Essentially, what happens is a diet like this is going to cause some of the pathways in our body and how we metabolize fat, protein, and, and carbs to switch or to change. And so that's kind of where we get this idea of a process called ketosis. And, and we'll come back to that in a little bit. But something to keep in mind is really that there's no set or specific diet that is a keto diet. So a lot of people interpret it differently. Another thing to keep in mind, too, is that there are a lot of different sources of fats and types of fats. And so some are a little healthier than others. And so that is another consideration when you're thinking about choosing or going onto the keto diet. So as I listen to you, you talk there and you talk about the diet being high in fat, it contradicts, I think, normally what I would think of in my mind as being on a diet Diet, or trying to lose weight that typically... Personally, I think I would steer towards 
lower fat foods. Mm-hmm. And so right. it, it really is a, a change of thinking just for me as a consumer to, to really kind of think about consuming foods that are that high in fat. So how does it all actually work? Yes. Okay. So we're going to come back to this this idea of ketosis or where the name of the diet comes from, the ketogenic diet. So essentially, we'll define what those two are, and it's going to kind of help explain how this diet works. But really, in order to define how this high-fat diet works, we've got to, we need to talk a little bit about carbs or sugar, essentially. And so the reason that so many uh, carbs are recommended regularly Hopefully whole grains is where we're getting our carbs from. Um, is because, I like carbs in my diet, but I don't know that they're always whole grain. Yeah. <laughs> Make your half your grains whole. Okay. That's our goal. I'll work towards it. <laughs> but what happens is when we eat carbs, our body breaks them down into sugar. And sugar enters our blood, and it really is the primary source of energy for a lot of different cells and organs. So it's the easiest one to use, and that's just what our body prefers. We even have some organs that can only really use sugar. And so that's why it's important to keep our blood sugar in a healthy range. So what happens when we aren't consuming that much sugar is there's a switch in some of the processes that are taking place in our body. So we have some tissues that can use fat as energy, so your muscle and things like that. But specifically, some can't use fat. Our brain can't use fat for energy. So we have these pathways that turn on in order to provide those tissues the energy that they need. And what we can do is convert fat into these essentially an energy called ketone bodies in the liver. And so ketogenic means we're making ketone bodies. And those ketone bodies are an alternative energy source. And again, ketogenesis, the ketogenic diet. And as these ketone bodies begin to accumulate in the blood, this is what we call ketosis. So that's kind of how this works. And I know that gets really sciencey. And some people like that to kind of know a little bit, but just breaking it down, it's our body trying to provide an energy source that all cells and tissues can use. As you were talking, I started popping up all these questions in my head <laughs> about the the brain and how it utilizes sugar. Mm-hmm. But we'll save that for another oh, yeah. day and another podcast. Because it's I- like 120 grams a day of sugar. So really just think about how active and busy the brain is. So but now I'm not I'm not going to steer this podcast yes. this direction. But that's not an excuse for my kids to eat more sugar. No, no. You can listen to the other podcast. <laughs> the other we podcast that, that we did. So we, it's not been too many weeks ago that we did record a podcast about about sugar, where we talked specifically to my children about the amount exactly. of sugar that they should consume. And just so they know, Dr. Heather is not yeah. giving them permission how to consume more sugar for a healthy brain. Yes. But it did bring up all these questions in my head about about that. But we're gonna we're gonna skip that for okay. now, or at least put it on hold from now and move, good. and move back to the keto diet. As, as I'm listening to you, to you talk and your explanation about how it works, just from a basic consumer standpoint, I'm sitting here wondering, is it safe? So that's a great question. So mild ketosis, so this process of forming ketone bodies and then those being in the blood, it, it's a normal and healthy response when our blood sugar is low. So we are everyone probably does this every night while you're sleeping overnight. It's just a way to maintain that there's energy available. So that is a normal and healthy response. We want our body to be able to do this during periods of fasting or if we're engaging in really intense exercise. However, we do know that excessive ketones in the blood can actually become toxic. So it's going to make our blood more acidic 
So that's something we need to be mindful of. And this is what we call ketoacidosis. So you may have heard of that word before. It's particularly a concern for individuals that have type 1 diabetes. And especially if you were taking insulin, we really want to be mindful of a diet that's really high in fat and low in carbs because you're at greater risk for hypoglycemia. So that's just something to keep in mind. And I'll just remind all of our listeners that as you're talking, that everything is transcribed into the show notes. So if there's specific vocabulary or information that you've discussed that they would like to go back and reference and and learn more about, that they can go and pull that directly from the show notes. No, for sure. So, So that's probably the main concern that I would bring up. A lot of people report this. They experience flu-like symptoms after they've started the keto diet. So, like, the keto flu is actually something you'll hear about because it takes your body a little bit to adjust to these metabolic pathways shifting and things like that. So, you actually experience depressed feelings, a mood, um, lethargy, headaches, even muscle cramps and, and, and muscle pain have been reported. We mentioned earlier, too, that kind of those foods that are banned or restricted, you're almost eliminating some entire food groups. And so when we do that, we really do put ourselves at risk a little bit of some nutrient deficiencies. And one particularly, if we're moving all grains, is fiber. And so people actually report, too, when they're on the keto diet that they experience more constipation and GI issues because they've eliminated a lot of fiber. And we get a lot of fiber from our fruit as well. So when those food groups are gone, that could potentially be a side effect. And then the last one that we kind of don't think about is the strain that this may put on our kidneys if we uh, engage in or use this diet for a long amount of time because the, the kidneys are really trying to balance everything out. And so those who engage in the keto diet, they may be at increased risk for kidney stones and um, some other kidney issues as well. As I'm listening to you talk and thinking about some of the the side effects, like you talked about mm-hmm. the keto flu, mm-hmm. that there would be almost with any diet plan, if someone goes through a a rapid change in their diet or a quick change in their diet, yeah. that there could be some type of symptoms or side effects yeah. that they experience. Yeah, for sure. That most people, when we hear them talking about keto, they're thinking about it in terms of a weight loss plan. Yeah. Yep. Is there evidence that supports that it does help individuals lose weight? So, great question. Um, and I think that's probably what everyone listening to this is probably right, wanting right. to get Does to. it work, Heather? That's the, the magic question. So, we hear a lot of people talk about how the keto diet causes you to burn fat. And we are. We're turning fat into these ketone bodies for our body to use as energy. And so, we kind of think, oh, we're burning fat. We're going to lose weight. But you have to remember also that we are primarily only consuming fat. So you, you want to loot, burn those fat stores you have, but we're also taking in a lot of fat. And what your body's most likely going to do, it is utilize the fat stores that are most readily available, and that's going to be what's in the diet. So just kind of keep that in mind. Just because we say we're burning fat doesn't mean we're going to just be melting it off our bodies. But I will say that there are some short-term studies that are showing small but promising effects on weight loss and even other risk factors for heart disease and diabetes in adult populations. There may be a few reasons why that this is the case, and that's what we're seeing in some of these small studies. Uh, For example, if you eat a lot of foods that are high in fat, 
you might not be as hungry as often. You may feel more full longer, um, and it kind of signals to your brain that you don't need to eat as much, so your appetite might decrease a little bit. So that could be a reason. Another possible explanation could be you're actually burning more calories in your body because of the processes that are now taking place. That your body's working harder. Yeah, your body is working a little bit harder because it's trying to make these ketones. So that could be a reason that we may see some of the promising effects for weight loss. Now, what I want to stress here is that we have no long-term studies. All of these studies that are showing promising effects have small groups of people, and they are short-term. So we really don't know long-term the impact of the keto diet on weight loss. I think, obviously, our goal today is to just learn more about the keto diet Mm -hmm. and just to understand it in terms of generalities, but that for anyone considering any form of diet plan that we would always welcome recommend that they have a conversation with their healthcare provider to make certain that it is a diet plan that is is safe for them and uh, will will meet their needs and work towards their their long-term health mm-hmm. goals but in general who who should be considering the keto, keto diet or who should be doing it yeah so if you are considering the the keto diet i strongly rec- like you just said i strongly recommend that you talk to your healthcare provider especially if you do have some of these risk factors for heart disease or diabetes there is some research research that's exploring the use of these very low carb diets when it comes to type 2 diabetes but we need more research on that. And your physician is not going to recommend that to you yet. We're just not there. But for a small group of people, it actually is a therapeutic diet, meaning that um, health professionals will actually use it as a tool, uh, primarily as an effective treatment for epilepsy. And this really... That's interesting. It is. And it really dates back to the 1920s. So this has been used for several decades as a therapeutic diet, but in a very specific population. So now that it's becoming more popular, we're starting to see research research expand on what other populations and groups could also benefit from this diet. As you wrap up today, Heather, any final thoughts for our listeners on the keto diet? Yeah, I I think I just want to stress that the quality of the food that you choose with the keto diet is really important because there's some really healthy fats and some really unhealthy fats. Uh, So the Extension Office is a great place to get more research or information and literature about that. And I strongly encourage a a well-balanced diet so that we can minimize the risk of a nutrient deficiency. So if we're eating a well-balanced diet, lots of fruits, vegetables, whole grains, we really don't have to worry about, I don't know, some of those things that might be missing in the diet, specifically fiber is a really important one. And then I I just want to wrap up and finish by saying, if you want to do the keto diet, or if you think this is the, the path that you want to go down, I advise you to visit your healthcare team before you start the diet and ask to do some pre-diet health screenings or health numbers. So maybe get an idea of what your blood lipids look like, how your liver's functioning before you start the diet, and then periodically while you're on the diet, kind of follow up just to see if it is having a positive impact for you. And if it's not, then it's something you can come off of. Um, But I think it's really important, like you mentioned, to keep your healthcare team engaged and, and let them know that this is something that you're doing. Thank you, Heather, so much for joining us today. As I said at the very beginning, I've seen so much about the keto diet, and I just appreciate you helping us understand more about what it is and how it works and the things that folks should be thinking about. Yep. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Talking Facts. 
We deliver programs focusing on nutrition and health, resource management, family development, and civic engagement. If you enjoyed today's podcast, have a question or a show topic idea, leave a like and comment on Facebook at UKFCSEXT. Visit us online at fcs.uky.edu to learn more about the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program or contact your local extension agent for family and consumer sciences. We build strong families. It starts with us.